everything paranormal. Para-X. The views expressed and the opinions given by the individual host and their guests do not necessarily reflect those of Para-X, its affiliates, or its sponsors. The Gathering. The supernatural world can be a dark, intimidating, and scary place. We gather to shine light on the mysterious and misunderstood aspects of the paranormal world. We bring to the table years of experience as mediums, healing channels, and paranormal investigators. We share true stories from our experiences to dispel fear where we can and help you discover the amazing layers that make up the paranormal world. You are invited to gather around the metaphysical table with us and discuss the worlds of the unseen on The Gathering Radio Show. Welcome to The Gathering Radio Show here on the Para-X Radio Network. This is Heidi. And this is Stephanie, and you have tuned in to Toki Tuesday. I'm excited. How about you, Heidi? I am, too. This is going to be good. It's been a while since we've had updates, so I'm excited to uh, hear what's uh, what's new for 2023. I know. Well, you know what we say, Toki in the Salish Sea in 2023. That's there you the go. mantra. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> nice. Nice. So how have you been so on this you- snowy week here in Minnesota? It is a snowy week, and I know we're not the only ones getting it, but man, man, <laughs> two feet is predicted up to two feet. Goodness, yeah, goodness. I know. It's in two days, incredible. In two days, yeah. And hopefully, I am in the air before the main part comes tomorrow, <laughs> as I'm jetting off to San Juan Island. So, yeah, hopefully, fingers crossed, yeah. everybody. Yep, that would be nice. I know I rescheduled all of my appointments for uh, tomorrow and Thursday, either to do remote or just reschedule them because I thought, nope, there's no way I'm going to risk it or I don't want anyone else to risk it. So let's just hunker down at home. Well, and they say the streets probably won't be cleared. I mean, when have you ever heard on the news them saying, make sure you have enough provisions because you may not get out of your house for a couple of days because there's just too many streets to plow. So, yeah. I mean, yep. crazy talk. Oh my gosh. Yep. Which is interesting because Minnesota, we're good at plowing. We are. Out. I mean, we, we are. are fast. We are absolutely fast. And absolutely. this, so they're like, we can't handle this load. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> I know. Crazy. Stock oh up gosh. and stay home. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, I'm excited for our special guest tonight because I just love this guy. His name is Howard Garrett, and he's with the How- with the Orca Network, and he's been on before. So, hi, Howard. Welcome back to The Gathering. Hi, Stephanie and Heidi, and I really appreciate being invited back on your show. Let's talk Toki. Let's yes. do that. Yes, let's do that. So, we're going to begin with Toki. So, tell us what's shaken with that girl. Well... You know, I wish I knew more day-to-day and more detail. In fact, I would love to just have a 24-hour cam right there Mm -hmm. or be there myself and know every move she makes and be able to tell everybody, but we don't have that. And I understand why that just can't be done right now, Um, but what we do have and what I have a lot of faith in are reports that she's doing fine. She's mm-hmm. really been, uh, she, she's, she's bounced back. She's recuperated from whatever it was that ailed her months ago. Uh, and she's showing her, her good old toky energy and curiosity mm-hmm. and engaging personality. And I'm just sure that people who are there are having an amazing time with her. Mm-hmm. She is an amazing person. And, you Absolutely. know, if people want to research or, or, or get some sense of a non-human person, there's no better personality. I'm not sure there are many around the world, but she shows what a courageous and compassionate person and how engaging and how she relates and builds 
trusting relationships with people uh, mm-hmm. in ways that I think are just admirable. I mean, they're awesome. She's amazing. And, and I think we can learn a lot from her. Oh, yeah. I mean, she's shown us that time and time again, right? I mean, yes. when you think about it, so for 52 years, she's been in that tiny little tank which honestly, let's think about that. So that would be like if one of us were in what, maybe an eight by eight room, maybe not even that big for 52 years. I know. I know. It, it I, featureless, you know, nothing on the walls, nothing mm-hmm. to, to think about or, you know, have happened mm-hmm. to them. And she somehow perseveres. She just has this resilience, you know, this sense of who she is i mean i Mm -hmm. i kind of take it as she's a southern resident she knows who her family is she knows where she came from and who raised her i mean Mm -hmm. literally her up you know by example by instruction we don't know but she learned how to be an orca from her family and she still has that in her and that you know we we see her family out there sometimes and Mm -hmm. And we see that they are just so graceful and so masterful and and so beautiful to watch and and so so affectionate with each other. It's just wonderful to see, and that's who she is. And that's that's I'm, I'm sure that she hasn't lost that. No, yeah. Well, I mean, look at how she is with Pete with humans. You know, kind of the same mm-hmm. thing. She, you know, I know Raynell has talked many times about how they go down there and do the healing ceremonies. And she remember she comes right up to the side of the tank and, you know, greets them and spends time with them. And I mean, amazing, just she totally amazing. Their energy and their intentions and their affection, their love for her. And, and she apparently knows a good rhythm when she hears it and kind of, you know, dances right along with them. So uh, she is totally engaged when she's someone she likes. Absolutely. So what, what updates can you give us? I know that, you know, they had the big meeting in December. Um, I wanted to go so bad. Can I just say, and I just couldn't, I just couldn't make it happen. (laughs) But that was quite an amazing, amazing thing. Well, it truly was, and and it was sort of the showcase for an amazing year and a half, really, of of this sort of building partnership uh, and other circumstances imposed by the USDA in one you know way that sort of took her out of show business. Mm-hmm. You know, she is now basically just being maintained, uh, and. So she's not of the same value, you know, in the, you know, the monetary terms that the marine parks would have. Um, She's more of a liability, you know, so those circumstances kind of, you know, dictate that she's got to go somewhere at some point. And all the players are pretty well lined up uh, to, to do that. And that's sort of what we're waiting for now. I mean, we're kind of in suspended animation. I mean, eager to to do something or, or see something be done but uh, it we have to trust we have to have mm-hmm. the faith that it's happening and I do believe in in the people who are at the mm-hmm. at the table making this mm-hmm. happen so I you know I, I think it will it's just gonna take a little while longer yeah I do too and I think for the the new owner of this aquarium to come out and say, I want her to go home to the Salish Sea is mm-hmm. quite the turnaround, right? Because for years they said absolutely not. Yeah, I know that 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 was kind of you know in in the face of the old industry culture, you know, to to never want that, you know. And she mm-hmm. he comes right out and and he credits his daughter, mm-hmm. you know. And maybe mm-hmm. she influenced him and and tugged at his heartstrings a little bit and said, "You got to help this whale." and you know, so I, I think he's realizing that uh, he needs to get with the program and help it happen. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, um, you know, your brother, Ken, was very instrumental in this whole campaign. And for those of you who, who don't know the story, Ken Balcom is the director and founder of the Center for Well Research, and he's Howard's brother. And he passed away 
on in December. So, you know, heartfelt condolences, Howard, because wow. Mm-hmm. But I do believe that he is on the other side, pushing things along. He's paving the way. Yeah, I think so. I think so. He is now our our ancestor. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, you know, he's he he still has a presence in here somewhere. Absolutely. I think he's he's there with you know, the big guy Ruffles and Granny, and they're all there clearing that path for her to come home. You know. I think so. I think there's a whole lot, and of course, Raynell will tell you. The ancestors yes. are clearing a path mm-hmm. to be mm-hmm. to come home. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. And I believe it. I absolutely believe it. For yeah. sure. Well, some miracles have happened. I can't explain any other way, but, you know, nope. just, things are just kind of lining up and moving in that direction. And Toki is staying hale and hearty and mm-hmm. ready to move, I think. Um, so. Uh, well, it was. You know, and I just remember in October, it was such a scary thing because she became so ill, you know, and and then I remember I, they had said there was a news report that said she was doing a little bit better. And I remember I got that news when I was at a big event and I just screamed, you know, I just screamed out loud. That's I texted you, too. I said, Howard, Howard, did you hear? <laughs> yeah, I had the same feeling. And, I was so relieved when, yes. when she came out of it. It was just so great because that was scary. Mm-hmm. I mean, she, you know, she is uh, mortal like us and, and yep. so you never know. Uh, but. Yep. Uh, she has such a strong will and and constitution, and and she just somehow knows how to write her ship, you know. And yes, and absolutely, I, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, she just yeah. wow, that was just the best news I ever had, you know. And then, yeah. you know, Toki TV has been, you know, you and Annette and everyone on that every Sunday for 52 weeks, yeah. you know, was the big anniversary this past Sunday. It was a fabulous show. It was very fun to watch that. Um, and it's just, it's just so groovy, right? It's just so many people who are just so full of love and this is going to happen. This is absolutely going to happen. It is, it is. It's, it's like a, a gathering, um, in the park, you know, mm-hmm. and sort of free music and, and, free spirits and and uh, and you know often with the a rally you know for uh, an environmental issue for like the snake river dams or you know removal or you know or for toki you know that kind of shared spirit and and goal and and uh, you, you really you deepen relationships in those yeah. times yeah absolutely Heidi, you're pretty quiet. Mm-hmm. I'm just taking it all in. I'm, I don't know all the details like you do, Steph. So I'm getting <laughs> caught up like everybody else. So it's good. It's uh, definitely good news. I did know that she had been ill last fall and that she'd gotten better. Um, so, but it's good to hear that 2023 is like the year that this is all going to happen. And it's super exciting. You know, it's interesting though when you talk about her being in what would be the equivalent of an eight by room for a human. You know, that's jail. That's mm-hmm. prison. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, and so the fact that she has decided to engage with the humans and the other interaction around her to make the best of an an awful situation is just showing how intelligent she is and how strong she is. So I just I can't even wait for her to get um, back with her with her family and her in her home. Mm -hmm. Right. Somehow she knows how to be in the moment, in the present. She's always attuned to what's going on around her in ways we can even not even know. Uh, I think she has, you know, the the brain power and the the the, the ability to perceive vibrations and and to to know what's going on way beyond, you know, her immediate surroundings and mm-hmm. um she I, I she's got to know that that uh this is really building up that there are so many people who love her so much and who are working so hard to 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 do what's best for her which is for her to go home mm-hmm. uh, and she has to feel that and know that that's coming it's just it's it's building every day so she must know it well i think she and 
the whales, you know, J-Pod seems to know it too, or J, I should say the Southern residents, because it seems like every time there's something big happening with this, with this movement, they show up, right? All of a sudden mm-hmm. they're in the area and it's almost like they're coming in. Um, yeah, it's true. Well, in fact, J-Pod was up today, just north of the San Juan Islands. Mm-hmm. So if you're in the neighborhood, they'll be around. Yeah. <laughs> And I feel like they know too, and I and I I feel like her mom knows, and I think I think she knows, and I think the gathering of all of us twice a week, every week, is I think she feels that, don't you think? Oh yeah, absolutely. absolutely. So many new things are happening, so many new and interesting things, and so much, you know, just sort of love and care for her. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've seen some of it, and I'm assured that it's happening on a 24-7 basis. There are people Mm -hmm. there with her, and visits from Raynell and Shirley Bob to sing to her and drum for her. And, Mm -hmm. and, you know, I just feel that she she knows there's something up, and it's looking good. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, it is, yeah, for sure. How could you not feel that, right? You know, and I and I laugh because, you know, we had Annette and Alejandra on the show back in November and we talked about these episodes, you know, Toki TV and the Toki prayer on Thursdays and and we cry so much, you know, and I, because yeah. there's just so much love and it's so heartfelt, right? You know, and I said we're not going to cry this time and all oh, about 2 minutes later we were all crying. <laughs> <laughs> So it's just so heartfelt, Howard. And I know you have been campaigning to get this girl out of that jail for, I don't know what, three, four decades? 27 years. And, you know, when we started, we didn't know her that mm-hmm. well. You know, we knew we knew her family. We felt like we knew her family. We'd studied her family. We knew a lot about, the you know, the demographics and the family patterns. And we had a, you know, good familiarity with, the, the natural history, the evolutionary history, and the, the capabilities, the brain anatomy. You know, we knew we knew a lot about about her, but we didn't really know her. That, you know, I mean, she we knew she deserved to come home, and so the campaign was on. But we didn't have much familiarity with her. And it's sort of a, a rule in the industry to not talk about their relationship with the whales and their own personalities and their likes and dislikes and and you're and certainly you're not supposed to talk about your own you know as a trainer or any employee you know your own uh, feelings for the whale but uh i don't know if you're familiar with marcia henton's book Mm -hmm. Uh, she was a trainer for eight years until 1995 uh and she best friends with Toki and still is. I mean, she is absolutely devoted to Toki. And uh, she just wrote a book called uh, Pretty Colors, Nice Day, which is what Tokitai means uh, in the Coast Salish language that it comes from. Um, and she, she, in 80 pages, it's a small book, and I, I appreciate that because I've got a short attention span like everybody else. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's just, it reads so beautifully because you're getting little glimpses into who Toki is, you know, and how she relates and what she relates to and and her range of feelings and emotions and, and responses to different things that are going on around her. It's it just it really fills in her personality, her you know, personality. You know, she mm-hmm. really, you know, has a you know a deep well of emotions and and uh, and values. She has morals, you know, and she has courage and and she respects others and shows her love and uh, it's just uh, you know amazing to get to know her as as yes. sort of an individual whale too. It just compounds our dedication to bringing her home. Oh, yeah. And I have not read that book yet. Of course, I've seen her on Toki TV. Um, I missed the episode where she was the guest, you know. But, yeah, I'm definitely going to get that book because you recommended it so much. And I know everybody's just, you know, crazy about it. And she is sweet. I mean, she's been on almost every Thursday meditation, too, you know, since then. So She's all in now. I know. We didn't mm -hmm. hear from her for 20 years, but she's all in now. It's great. Yeah. Love it. 
Love it. And, you know, um, yeah, one of the things I was going to say is one of the questions, you know, so, so on the 25th anniversary, they had question and answer and prizes. And one of the questions was how many names does, does Toki have, you know? And so of course, Howard, Toki, she'll be, she'll always be Toki to me, but she'll always be Lolita. Cause that's how I first learned about her, you know, and it was in the mid nineties. And that's, I think you and I chatted at that time about, oh gosh, what can I do in Minnesota to, you know, to get her to come home? But yeah. um, she was Lolita, you know, and, and I remember bringing home a cat from San Juan Island, naming her Lolita, you know, but she's also known as Tokate, which you said means colors and rainbows in, in one of the tribal languages up there. And then also in the Lummi, the Lummi nation calls her Scali Chactanat. So... Mm-hmm. What a, how wonderful to have three different beautiful names, right? Yeah, well, that's different sort of perspectives on her. Different mm-hmm. people look at her from different different angles, and um, I think the that uh, original name that she was given, Tokitai. Well, I mean, that's her second name. I mean, that it was yeah. kind of a trick question because one of the answers is her family gave her a name that we don't know, but she right. has. It's <laughs> true. So that definitely should take priority, but we don't know what it is. But mm-hmm. um, when Jesse Wright White, the kind-hearted veterinarian who was sent out uh, to go pick a whale, you know, and I think he was a veterinarian for all the right reasons. He wanted to take care of animals. And so he got this job and to go out. But he gave her as much respect as he possibly could by giving her a native Northwestern name, you know, to sort mm-hmm. of back to her home right from the start. And he also said very famously, he gave a quote to some media that is now everywhere that said that she is so courageous and yet so gentle. Mm-hmm. And that that really, you know, in a nutshell, really says what who she is. Mm-hmm. So courageous to live out now 52 years. I yes. mean, he saw it right then. I mean, she was suffering traumas at the moment that he met her in a holding mm-hmm. pen in Seattle, mm-hmm. uh, and yet she had this sort of calmness, this sort of, you know, presence and composure to her, and she was so gentle. And they're yes. not all. I mean, sometimes, you know, when they're captive, if they're, well, you know, I, I don't know what goes into it. I mean, of course, we all saw Blackfish and Tillicum, yeah. what yeah. he did, you know, and so they're not always so gentle, but she maintained this this compassionate, mm-hmm. gentle nature, and still does to this day. So I, yeah. I just, he had it right. Fifty-two years. Yeah, yeah. Fifty-two uh-huh. years, and you know, and I think of Keiko. He was he was like twenty, wasn't he? Like twenty when he came to the Oregon Coast Aquarium before he was brought Almost, to Iceland. Yeah. yeah, close to. So, so he was like not even half of all the time that she's been in. And she still is just fabulous, you know, good. She's just loving and caring and, you know, just, she's amazing. She's a warrior and she's gentle and loving. And you talk about her being a person and the Lummi people consider the orcas to be people who live under the waves. They're their relatives. They're all of our relatives. Um, the right. Yes. I, learned, I learned a lot from the love yes. perspective. <laughs> and I love it. Don't you love it? Right. Yeah, Kwamalachan, right? Is that, that's, that's how we say it. Okay. I'm, I'm not sure. <laughs> um, I'm not sure either. But she, yeah, I, yeah. And I, I kind of uh, harken back to, you know, thousands of years ago when it was just Lummies and Orcas out there. Lummies mm-hmm. and other, other native peoples who all got around by canoe. That's how they went everywhere, every day. You know, there weren't roads, you know, there were a few trails, but if you wanted to get to a relative who lived on another island or any distance, you go by canoe. And so they were yeah. out there on the water just paddling silently. But the the, the southern residents, you know, the old ancestors mm-hmm. of the southern residents who have been here, you know, since before the, the tribal people got here, mm-hmm. uh, would know them would have met them, you know, again and again and met their, the young ones and kind of grown up with them and built those relationships. So I think they have that deep familial feel, you know, mm-hmm. from time. Yeah. yeah. 
it's yeah, it's very fun to yeah to listen to Raynell's stories and you know it's just like mm-hmm. you said we've learned so much from her, but we've learned so much from you over these years and I know you've been on our show a few times and taught us so many things and thank you I from my heart. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate the the conversation. I just enjoy this. You know, let's talk Toki anytime. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Heidi, questions? Well, no, I know that uh Howard has a long list of things that he wants to talk about. So I'm gonna I'm trying to keep quiet just so he can get to everything. <laughs> yeah. Uh well, um I would love any kind of question or lead in what uh where where shall we go um you can um, i would like to mention by the way before we go further uh this event happening um in bellingham coming right up uh on march 3rd and march 4th two different events uh on two days 7:30 p.m. on friday uh and uh and on saturday at, at 3 p.m. And this will be the choir of the Salish Sea with Raynell Morris, Squilly Hila, and uh, Shirley Bob, who uh, chants and sings and drums. Uh, and they will be presenting um, along with the choir. And uh, it's sort of a, you know, I, I don't know what this event will be, but it's blessed by the ancestors and blessed by Toki. So I'm sure it will be an amazing event. <laughs> and I think they're going to try to stream it, aren't they, on Toki TV or something from what I heard? I guess I don't know that for sure. But are you are you going to be there in person, Howard? I don't think I can get there. It's actually quite a long way and I've got other places i got to be. But yeah. Um, yeah, but I oh. wish I could, and I hope you're right. I hope they they do stream it. I, I will definitely I, tune in. I know, and I just I wish I wouldn't. Yeah, well, it doesn't matter because we planned our trip a long time ago. But you know, it always seems like it's the week after we're gone or something. <laughs> <You know? laughs> One of these days, we'll be in the right spot at the right time. But yeah, I think it'll be really cool. And um, for those who don't know, Raynell and Shirley Bob are the ones that go down and do the healing set the healing sessions with Toki. Uh, occasionally so and to listen to them sing and chant and drum for her is just it's amazing right it really is and i i think she is just i think she just feels it of course she does you know and it's just amazing i think so too and i you know she she resonates i think you can feel her her presence you can feel her her vibrations. I don't know mm-hmm. anyone who comes in close. You know, there's a great uh, photo of uh, the mayor of Miami Dade, uh, Mayor Cava. Mm-hmm. She came poolside, and and you can see them relating. You know, yeah. and, and magic happens when yes. that happens. And and I I think she does that with almost anyone who comes into her realm, who wants to, who she feels is it. is open and cares about her so now you lived in miami for a while to work on her campaign so and you got so you got to go poolside correct i did a few times but you know they they sort of usher you in and then usher you out after the show and so you don't have a lot of time and i i just uh I, i i didn't know how to you know, right. Uh, I didn't really have have a chance to to get to know her other than observe. You know, I, I yeah. definitely saw her um, and saw how she related to others. But you know, for her, it was sort of the humdrum. Okay, another another uh, one, another curtain call. You know, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. but uh, it's it's really hearing from from others who have had a, a deeper relationship with her that I've learned the most. Mm-hmm. Uh, Young volunteer uh, Rachel Anderson spent three days down there in uh, 2020 and uh, had had those experiences. I mean, she just went in as a tourist, but she went in early and stayed late and had mm-hmm. a few moments and and was able to to really tell Toki how much she cared and loved her. And Toki came over and looked and played and and even sort of like sprayed her, you yeah. know. Let's play yeah. games, you know. I mean, mm-hmm. it, yeah. 
it's 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 energetic. I mean, she's really an active friend when she's your friend. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Great. Yeah, I I think so too. Um, and that is saying that they're trying to work out the details to stream that event up in Bellingham on the March third. So hopefully they'll get it figured out because that would be awesome. I hope so. Um, and yeah, it's. I mean, this is just so fun. You know what? Um, We've already burned through 30 minutes of the show, so we just have a quick two-minute break, and then we will be back with Howard Garrett. And this is the Gathering Radio Show right here on the Para-X Radio Network. In order for the light to shine so brightly, the darkness must be present. Tune in every Monday at 10 o'clock the dark sun rising on the Para-X Radio Network. Hey Heidi, have you listened to The Calling lately? Why yes, Steph, I have. It's really good. Have you? Absolutely. It's what I would say is a wild and woolly affair. So does that mean it's a wild and woolly Wednesday show? (laughs) Well, I definitely think that that's true. So you know we listen, since The Calling is the sibling show to our show, The Gathering. Listen to The Calling Radio Show with Jerry and Kimberly Wednesdays at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Right here on the Para-X Radio Network. Hi, this is Marla Brooks from Stirring the Cauldron. Thursdays are a great night on the Para-X Radio Network. On the first and third Thursdays of the month at 8 p.m., it's Tango and Friends, hosted by Bruce Tango. And on the alternate Thursdays at 8 p.m., tune in to Stirring the Cauldron, the archive podcast. Every week at 9 p.m. Eastern, join me on Stirring the Cauldron Live. And then at 10 p.m., stick around for New Aeon Now with Lily Alley, Davron Michaels, and Christine Matza. Finally, to round out the night, join Dr. Kelly Renee Schutz on the Paranormal Encounters podcast. All this, every Thursday, right here on Para-X. You are listening to Para-X. Welcome back to the Gathering Radio Show on the Para-X Radio Network. And we have Howard Garrett with us tonight, and he is with the Orca Network, and we've been having a fantastic conversation and hearing all sorts of good news about uh, Tokate and and coming back home on in 2023. So thanks for being with us here, Howard. And well, thanks for we, having me. Yeah, we've got a couple questions here that dropped in right before the commercial break, so we wanted to get to those before we uh, continue. Uh, Jerry asked a couple of questions. First was, any idea when she might be moved? Mm-hmm. Do you have any pinpoint uh, dates or time frames? Oh, I wish I knew. I don't think anybody knows for sure. I think that's got to be worked out. There's some preliminary uh, negotiations that have to be done uh, between parties that are completely unprecedented. And so there's no uh, there's no manual, there's no template for how to do this. But I think they're working it out um, uh, in 2023. I'm, I'm confident. Okay, sounds good. I suppose that'll make itself known when it's time. Um, another question that he had, he said he heard a famous person is flipping the bill for this move. Do you have any info? <laughs> Uh, well, there was a tweet about a month ago by a gentleman named Jim Ursay, who owns um, a basketball team. And if I try to guess which one, I might guess wrong. Uh, but uh, he uh, he tweeted once, and then I believe he uh, joined forces with uh, with uh, Pritam Singh, who is the the wealthy benefactor who founded the nonprofit group Friends of Toki uh, brought in some renowned uh, whale biologists and brought in Raynell and brought in the Whale Sanctuary Project and and has basically footed the bill for improvements um, 
in her water quality by improving the filters and chilling the water. And I, I, to me, most important is uh, companionship, 24-7 mm-hmm. care and company for her. Just have somebody in there with her. I think that does her wonders like it would for any of us to have mm-hmm. company. Yeah, absolutely. And there, there's another question that just dropped in as well um, that uh, we have a listener asking if she could survive in the wild because she's been in captivity so long. How does that work? Well, you know, that is a common uh, worry, and it makes sense, I guess. You would think that because she's been in captivity for so long, but I think that underestimates her. That might be true of many animals, that after that many years, they're spoiled or they're just, they've forgotten uh, anything that they may have learned, but I don't think that's true with her. I think that she remembers, uh, she still as I understand, I, I would love some actual, you know, acoustic recordings to, to know this, but that she uses her native calls, her, her calls that she learned from her family before she was captured. We know that she did in uh, the 90s because there was a recording then. Uh, so I, I believe she still does. And that is, you know, a good sign that she remembers her family. She remembers how to communicate with them. So, uh, and her her surroundings. You know, her her background. You know, her playground where she grew up. That doesn't go away. You know, that's mm-hmm. that's in in her memory, and she's got a huge memory capacity. So, I don't think she's forgotten any of that. Awesome. Yeah. She. I mean, she sounds amazing and smart and. Mm-hmm. You know, they have a, a C pen, I think we heard last or one of the times <coughs> we were on that she'll be going into that will help keep her safe and get her acclimated, correct? Yes. Um, I don't know details. I don't know exactly where this C pen is or will be or what stage it is at right now. They're keeping that completely under wraps. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, that is that is the plan that she will go into a sort of a sea pen sanctuary and be, you know, sort of protected and cared for. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. the, whatever uh, regimen of, of antibiotics or whatever that she is being given now can all be transported there and be available and the veterinarians can be right there and there can be a slide out area or a place where they can come close and she'll still respond, you know, to the same uh, request, you know, I I don't want to say signals because, it's, right. you know, she'll understand anyway what she needs yeah. to do. And so she can be cared for just like she is now, but she'll be home. She'll be in her yes. own, you know, yes. own neighborhood. And, and I think she will so appreciate that. Mm, absolutely. And I think that's a, a an undervalued uh, uh, importance of her coming home is that mm-hmm. she will get better it'll actually be healing for her and you know that's borne out by uh histories and Mm -hmm. by the merck manual of veterinary medicine that says you know the closest approximation to a natural habitat is the healthiest for any animal so um she'll she'll get better when she comes home yep the sea will the sea will make her healthy again i think you know yeah, it will return her to absolute health. So right. I agree with that. Um, so uh, well, there is a question here, Howard. One more question, and then I want to talk about her family a little bit. But so Momo F4 is asking if Toki's water is chilled to the proper temperatures so she can go to the ocean, does that mean her dolphin companions will have to be moved out of her tank? Yes, well, uh, Lee, the male Pacific white-sided dolphin that is in with her, is a, a real concern, uh, and I I have to have faith because I don't really know, mm-hmm. but I'm sure she is in the negotiations and the considerations, and she is Pacific. She was caught from the Pacific, and mm-hmm. back there are occasionally Pacific white-sided dolphins mm-hmm. in the Salish Sea or in the Pacific Ocean nearby. So I would hope that she, he too, will be brought back and, and uh, you know, in a kind of a phased release program 
but you know may well be able to just swim right back out in the ocean when the time comes yeah yeah best of all possible worlds yeah Yeah. um now i i want to just not really turn it away from toki but toki's family is um is the southern resident community who have been so so well researched by the center for well research and they've gotten so much press lately and specifically for a study that was put out by the Center for Well Research. And do you want to talk about that, Howard? Because I think it's fascinating. Oh, it truly is fascinating. Uh, This was uh, the lead author is uh, Dr. Michael Weiss, who is the science director for the Center for Well Research now, um, hired by Ken Mm -hmm. uh, last May, almost a year ago. Um, And he is fantastic. He, he, uh, you know, he, he had a theory. And he wanted to know the answer. I mean, in the true, you know, scientific method of of you know advancing knowledge, uh, he knew that the the male offspring stay with their moms their entire lives, and studies have shown that that helps them survive, uh, and they do much better staying with their mom. And so he used the forty six years of demographic field work that are, are in the data at the Center for Whale Research. It's the, the most continuous, longest database of any marine mammal population anywhere. Uh, and so he was able to see by their association patterns uh, that the, the male offspring do stay with their moms their entire lives and that it improves the, the young sons and the adult sons' survival uh, but he wondered, well, what does that do to the moms? You know, what's the, what's the effect on the moms of sharing food? Because he his specialty is drone research, which means you fly a drone overhead and it's at least 100 feet, well above uh, the perception of the whale. So they don't really know it's there. It's, it's just sort of hovering up there. But with a good camera and clear water, you can see what's going on. And they were able to see that they share food almost all the time, at least 90% of the time. When they catch a fish, they rip it in half and let the other half drift off to the other whale that they're sharing food with. And that it's the moms that share the food with their sons and for their entire lives. Hmm. Um, And that uh, has this effect on the moms. They were able to look at, you know, all the life histories and see that it actually does affect their mom's ability, their reproductive success uh, to, you know, to have more babies, you know. So it, it impairs their ability. And, of course, this is in the context, and we have to put this in to the, the setting of the, the southern residents in the Salish Sea over the last couple of decades, which is a scarcity of their food. So this would be a pattern, you know, a kind of a, a family, uh, you know, dynamic that would make sense when there's lots of fish all around all the time, you know, t- 12 months a year, big fat Chinook going up every river, you know, so uh, when that was true, it probably was easy for the mom to share those fish, you know, catch them and share, and that builds that bond and and that, you know, relationship between mother orcas and their sons is just solid, but uh, it does affect the moms. We didn't know that before, but now it does, you know, uh, you know, impair their reproductive success. They don't have as many babies uh, because they're feeding their young sons and their adult sons. So that really gave us, you know, some insight into their their family, you know, relationships. And, and you know, it's a very important paper. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's fascinating. Now, talking about Grant, I'm just thinking back here, Granny and Ruffles. Were they actually mother and son, Howard? I've heard different stories on that one. I'm afraid recent uh, genetics has shown that they are not. <laughs> they were but they not. were always together, right? Always. always constantly together. Always. I, there's something that is so important to the moms and to the sons as adults 
to to bond, to be together, to to have that, whether they're their actual sons or not. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's also the the case of uh, L87, a male from L Pod whose mother died, and he gravitated over to K Pod and yes. bonded with the the elder K-Pod whales until they expired. And then he went over and J-Pod, right? joined up with Granny. Yes, <laughs> yes. It was J-2's constant companion for a couple of years. Uh, it, it just seems to be a relationship that they want to happen on both sides. It's just mutual mm-hmm. for both mm-hmm. to be bonded that way. And so, you know, they'll adopt when they don't have their own sons right there, I guess. And it just shows their true loving nature, right? I mean, taking them in and, you know, feeding them and being with them. And Granny, you never saw Ruffles without Granny. And you never saw Granny without Ruffles, you know? I know it. And And Ruffles was like the flagship of the Southern residents. When you saw his wavy dorsal fin, you knew who else was going to be there. (laughs) They were all there. (laughs) Big, big guy, you know? And it seemed like, it always seemed like Granny was just a little bit ahead of ruffles you know she was kind of the one you know she was the one that was the grooving and the, she was the one that everybody listened to i think <laughs> i think so i do believe the matriarch of the tribe absolutely yeah. absolutely oh my gosh um yeah there's just okay i'm just i'm trying to catch up here in the chat room heidi there's a lot of comments going on here and i'm um but let's talk about so they're doing pretty good though right now, right? They have like J-Pod has three babies, you know, Tahlequah has a baby and, you know, there's a, a new little one that was just born within the last year, right? So babies are coming and Alpod has new babies and we feel, we think that uh, Toki is a member of Alpod. We know she's a member of Alpod and we think Ocean Sun is her mom, correct? Pretty much. Um, uh, yeah, we think so, and there's good reason. I, I think so. Yeah, and do we think there are? Do does she have any siblings? Do we think? And, no, um, not not promotion son, uh, and they probably were captured, you know, at the same time during that ten year span of captures. Uh, yeah, yeah. son was left without any. Because I don't think there's a lot of Alpod whales left that are Toki's age, right? I think they're all younger or they're all older. I don't even know if they're much older. Uh, uh, Ocean Sun is like 90-something, right? Or close to 90. She is. And, yeah, and she's older. Uh, she was there. And she, she, in fact, is the last remaining uh, orca who was present in 1970 when she was captured. Uh, 27 years ago, there were about eight of them, but now there is just down to L25 Ocean Sun. So, yeah, but she is, you know, a warrior herself. She is, she is. courageous and strong, and and that gives me even more indication that she's Toki's mom. <laughs> yep, absolutely. Like mama, like daughter. Yeah, yeah. I, You know, and so many, so tell us about the health of those whales, because so do you think they're on a rebound? I mean, it seems to me like they're doing a little bit better than maybe yeah. they were a couple years ago. Or is that just my hopeful thinking? No. It, well, it's it's a good hope. Uh, and it's, it, you know, they're kind of holding steady. Uh, they've been at uh, 70, I think they're at 73 right now. But we haven't seen much of L-Pod or K-Pod for a month or two or mm-hmm. For a little while, um, J-Pod was right there today, and uh, every individual counted and doing fine. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, so, uh, and we have no reason to think that uh, K-Pod and L-Pod are having any problems out there. So, I think they're all doing well, and maybe there will be some new babies. And, and oh. you know, they do seem to be certainly holding on and maybe coming back a little bit in population. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. I don't know where they're finding their food, um, you know, but we don't know where the fish are out there. <laughs> you know, nobody mm-hmm. nobody really can keep track. Or if they're expanding their diet a little bit so they'll have yeah. some you know, other sources of nutrition, we don't know for sure. But, um, but they do seem to be hanging on. So, yeah, yeah. I, I think that's a reasonable hope. You know, when last I was out there was it in early December and 
J-Pod was down near Seattle and Tacoma, and they were there for quite a while. Do you remember that? Yeah, it was about a week. They were yeah. there for a long time. I, uh, I, yeah, north and south. And, you know, they'd go, yeah. you know, past Seattle to the north mm-hmm. and turn around. You know, we were waiting for them to come up Admiralty Inlet and, and leave, and they didn't. They turned around and went back down. So they obviously were finding some food down yeah. there. That's what I that's what I was thinking. I know when we the last day we were there we had some extra time and so we heard that they were down by one of the lighthouses down by uh Tacoma and so we went down there, but it was one of those days where the fog was like sheets, you couldn't see anything, you know. Yeah. We thought we could see a dorsal, but it was in the distance and then we had to go catch our plane. You know what I mean? But it was fun to think they were down that way. But I'm like, What are yeah. you doing down here? There's just so much boat traffic and this, that and the other thing, you know. Well, you know, there have been a lot of salmon restoration efforts, a lot of, you know, small ones that you don't really hear about much, but uh, they add up. And each yeah. time, it, you know, a, a little creek or a spawning bed is opened up and, and restored to, to good, good ecological health, you know, the salmon will find it and they will spawn and there will be more salmon than the next year's. Well, speaking of salmon, so we've talked on our show before about the trying to breach the dams. So, yes. do you have any updates? Um, I, 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 that's going on behind closed doors. There's negotiations. Mm-hmm. The, the, the White House, I think, is in it, and even the National Marine Fisheries Service wrote a very positive report. And Governor Inslee and Senator Murray, our senior senator, have basically endorsed the idea that if we want to save those salmon, we have to breach those dams. Uh, they, they want a lot of safeguards and they want to make sure everything is prepared ahead of time. But, you know, the, the players are lined up to come out with, you know, basically whether it's an executive order, congressional resolution, maybe all at once mm-hmm. uh, to, to say it's time to do it and tell the Army Corps of Engineers to breach those dams. And it really isn't a big process. I mean, it, it may take you know, a year, year and a half or two, uh, just to sort of do it very carefully. But you don't have to blow up concrete. It's These are earthen berms beside each dam. And the Army Corps has spelled out in an EIS, uh, you know, environmental statement years ago, how to do that. And you just bulldoze down those earthen berms and let the river reclaim itself and it'll mm-hmm. salmon will find their way up it. So, it's not that big a deal once they decide to do it. Mm-hmm. And let's, so everyone, if you're concerned about this, like we all are, you, you need to get a hold of your rep- representatives in Congress and the White House and tell them to breach those dams. You know, it's already been done. So the Center for Well Research has that ranch that you're at a lot. I can't remember the name of it, but that's on a river that the dam was breached too, correct? Yes, the Elwha River. And it's that's really right. been about eight years since that was completely cleared. And sure enough, the Chinook and the steelhead salmon especially have reoccupied that river. Mm-hmm. And they're, they're well on their way to like full populations uh, that are using that the, the spawning areas that they could not get to for 100 years while those dams were in place. So, yeah, it's a real, real success story. It's smaller scale, much yeah. more than the Snake River, but yeah. uh, it, it'll sure be some tasty little tidbits for for those orcas it'll help definitely it'll help well and didn't you say there was another river is it called the klamath river that they're they're actively working to do some breaching of dams this year right yes yeah stay tuned for that this year the actual breaching is supposed to begin on four klamath river dams which are right uh at the border between oregon and california they're mostly in california a little bit further south yeah, but they are big salmon rivers, and, and that will help, too. So there's a whole lot moving in a lot of different places to bring back salmon, and it may already be having a good effect, you know, and bringing the orcas more food. That is so awesome. Um, one of our listeners is, is talking about how the aquaculture, that they've shut down the aquaculture out there, too, which... Mm-hmm. is it was bad right it was just bad for the natural yeah, salmon I mean, those are feedlots and so mm-hmm. they spread diseases and and cause pollution 
uh, yeah, they they harm the native fish. They do. Mm-hmm. So that is huge, right? And yeah. I, I think Canada already did that, right? So they were, or they're in the process of doing that. Well, uh, yeah, and it was just announced a couple of days ago, uh, way up on the north end of Johnstone Strait, but that's where the salmon come in mm-hmm. to the Fraser River, and that's where the southern residents are able to get them. Uh, and so, you know, that has been basically polluting and blocking and causing a lice infestation of the smolts. You know, it's yeah. terrible. But uh, now that's, um, they're, they're, yeah, they're going away. Fifteen different uh, feedlots are going away. So that's really great. Great news. Yeah. So it's working. Yeah. Everybody just, we just need to band together and keep this up. Yeah. And it will happen, just like Tokyo will be in the Salish Sea in 2023. Yep, those magical forces are well underway, too. <laughs> Absolutely, and we're so excited because it's going to happen, Howard. We're going to, we're going to, it's going to happen this year. Yeah, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> and I think there will be a party like no other. <laughs> oh, lots of them. Yeah, celebrations will be everywhere. But, you know, can you just imagine... Toki meeting her mother for the first time. Oh, man. Uh, what a joyful thing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, I think they will dance for joy. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> I don't know. You know, I mean, that it'll be it'll be fascinating to see how they do that. You know, how is it tentative at first? You know, I mean, how it's unprecedented in orca world, you know, for that to happen for a long absence and then a return. Uh, so I, but well, we don't know what they know. Oh, <laughs> know I think they'll know. Understand the situation, right? I think they'll know for sure. Yeah. But just, I think it would be amazing for Toki to be there to be there when she's released in the Salish Sea. Can you imagine what she's going to think? I mean, can you even imagine? It would be like, oh, my God. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. Know? I'm home. Just, Just think of the joy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I, I think she'll yeah. just thrive in it. She'll just, you know, roll Absolutely. over and every nook and cranny, and she'll be so excited. Yes. Yeah. I think she'll yes. love it. Absolutely. Oh, my gosh. Such an such a joyful thought such a joyful thought yes oh my gosh this hour has went by way too fast um joe is saying that you are an encyclopedia and we love you and we do and (laughs) of course all of us do so we have you know and that's on on the chat and Ritas and alejandro and every all of all of the all the gang is here (laughs) so yeah they're saying you know she'll be able to play with kelp and chase birds and feel the tides and play with crabs and so excited you know yeah yeah yes she'll finally have some some normal life around her you know that she can relate to and and enjoy yeah absolutely oh gosh well howard again you have been amazing and thank you so much for all that you give to us all the time. Not, you know, just for us. Well, thank you. Thank you. I just, I really appreciate talking Toki with someone who knows and understands. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, I've been coming out there for a thousand years, you know, and finally we have a place out there now. So we're out there quite often. And um, so I've seen a lot happen with these whales, you know, over the last 30 years and wow, some of it's just heartbreaking, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But you know, when you see them, it, it brings back your, your faith and your joy to to see them. Yes. Uh, I don't know. They they, they do whale magic when they go by. (laughs) It is. Absolutely. Well, you know what we need? It is pretty soon. The music's going to start. It's time for us to leave, but thank you everyone for listening and hey listen don't forget to listen to the calling tomorrow night at uh, 8 p.m eastern time they're talking about ghosts and can you see them so that will be awesome they are our sibling show and thank you all for listening thanks to the toki team for being here on the talking on the chat board and and listening and wow howard thank you once again thank you Stephanie. and heidi
Yes. Thank, Thank you, you so much, Howard. You are always an awesome guest. So we can't wait to have you back again for more news down the road. And everybody in the chat room, thanks so much for tuning in and uh, for your questions. And everybody out there, wherever you're at listening, thank you for tuning in tonight. We're happy that you joined us. Para-X, thank you so much for hosting us once again. And Sarge, our most amazing producer, thanks for pulling this all together. And we'll see you all next week. Yeah. Thanks, everyone. All right.